to The Content Lab, the weekly podcast for content marketers about the strategies and tools you need to create addictive content your audience will love. I'm your host, Liz Murphy, Impact's Director of Web and Interactive Content. Hello, Jason. Hello, Hello, Dan. How are you? Oh, that's right. I forgot we have have the mics today. How's it going, gentlemen? Dan, where's your mic? It's going great. It's right here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's called a snowball. Mine's called a Yeti. Mine is called discount. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Well... (laughs) Gentlemen, welcome to the Content Lab. No, okay, that's enough of that. All welcome right, to the okay. Content Lab, guys. So folks at home who don't know you, who are you? I am Jason Lindy, uh, and I am part of an amazing paid media team at Impact. Uh, so what that means is we focus uh, heavily on Google, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, and, and beyond uh, for paid media. So we help support clients in growing in that space. Um, or even coming in and just, you know, uh, kind of just doing some introduction to get them started. And I'm Dan Baum. I work very closely with Jason um, on all, all things Google, um, focusing a lot on data and making sure that we understand where traffic is coming from and where um, leads are coming from. So, and then we do, do also focus a lot on, on paid ads too. So, pleasure to be here. Pleasure is all mine. Very happy to have you. Uh, So Jason, this isn't your first time here, but I'm very excited about this because the reason you are here actually started many, many moons ago at a place called Cask Republic when you two stupidly agreed to do a piece of pillar content on Google ads. How dumb. I think I, I think think I voluntold Jason that he was doing it with me. I think I volunteered and said, oh, Jason, you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the, the value is, is what, Liz, you, you showed us the way. You showed us the value um, mm-hmm. beyond, you know, us just clinking some good quality craft beer together. You showed us what, what could be the potential. And that's, that's what mm-hmm. you know, got us excited about it. You know, we could sit here for an hour and talk about how great I am. Yes, we could. No, seriously, just keep doing it. No, okay. yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so was the experience what you thought it would be? Because you guys ended up producing, and, and I'll include a link in the show notes, uh, you guys ended up producing quite the comprehensive guide to Google Ads. I said, create a comprehensive guide, and you guys were like, challenge accepted. And I think it ended up being somewhere around like 12,000 words, images, screenshots, how to's, all of this stuff in there. Like you really, you really, I can't think of the metaphor. It's early in the morning, but whatever metaphor that implies you guys did a good job, that is the metaphor I'm going for. Yeah. You you know, I, I I could tell you this, my, my biggest takeaway is how much I realized how many different angles, um, you can come at this, right? You can come at the, the Google beast, the machine, uh, ads, you know, it's, it's from, do you want to talk about base level? What is it? Would I even be profitable in that space to how do I even get this started? And then, then it's, you know, answering, trying to answer at least for folks who are in it and they know that it's right for them, but they're not seeing the success or they want to, they want that, 
one tip or trick that's going to help them get over the top, get over that hump. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it did have that vast feel to it. Like, oh my goodness, like where do you, where do you stop and, and concentrate? And that, that really helped, you know, with working with Dan because Dan was like the guy who was like, let's focus here. You know, yeah. let's, let's, you know, let's take a look and dive into that. And that was, that was huge. Um, but yeah, trying to contain something so big into even that document was not easy. Well, you hit on something that I really want to dive into. And, and it's the reason why I asked you both here today. You know, I had our, uh, our HubSpot ninja, Karina Duffy, on many, many months ago to talk about her experience writing her HubSpot marketing pillar. Mm-hmm. But your experience is unique in that it's a collaboration. And this is yep. something I see a lot, whether we're talking about a piece of pillar content or just a large content project or anything where two people are being asked to co-author something. Because it, it, it sounds like a great idea because you're not shouldering all of the burden of having to get something across the finish line, mm-hmm. but how you find the strengths and weaknesses between each other to know, okay, you should be focusing on this, I should be focusing on that. So Dan, he, Jason alluded to the fact that you were kind of the compass, making sure you were going in the right direction. Can you talk me a little bit through how you guys initially set about dividing and conquering the beast? Yeah, um, it was it was definitely daunting. Like just looking at the all the things we we sat down, we said we want to talk about all this these things. It was a list of you know ten twelve things, and we're like, oh my god, how are we gonna you know get the time to to write all this? It's like how are we how are we supposed to tackle something like this? Um, but the way we kind of just approached it was, who do we want to talk to? Um, who who's like really who can we help the most? Um, and I think that's kind of the direction that we, we needed. Um, we, we thought about someone that's brand new to Google ads or someone that has been doing ads for a little bit, you know, not seeing the, the results or, or not quite understanding what's, what's going on in the background there. Um, and once we kind of figured that out, we, we, that was our bread and butter and we, we just ran with it. Um, we had our marching orders. Uh, I knew what I was, you know, more comfortable writing about what I wanted to talk about. And I knew what Jason strong suits were. So, um, we, we pretty easily, you know, divided it up. And I think we, we both put a lot of good effort into it. Well, so let's, let's dig a little bit more into what you just said, you know, where you said you understood his strengths, you knew what you needed to do. Is that something where you guys had an initial conversation before you even started writing to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is what you're going to do? Or is it just something where you two have been working so long together, you naturally knew? Yeah, I, I yeah, think it was, I think, it was pretty natural, believe yeah, it or not. Like the, the working relationship between Jason and I is like, is very much like, I don't want to say that I tell Jason what to do because I don't, but like, it was kind of like, let me just dig in to see what I think would work best. And then, you know, once I kind of looked at it, I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then it just ended up working out really well. Um, And it it worked out that way. Yeah. I think when you have something so big like this, you have to have trust. And so that trust is somebody has to say like the first word, right? It's like the first Mm -hmm. shot fired in a positive way, you know? So it's, Okay, well, let's. This is where I'm. I'm comfortable at. This is where I would need support. Okay, let's do that, and let's trust that yep. we're going to come back with really important stuff to deliver. Mm-hmm. And then, then we look at it together and say, okay, we did 
really good at this or, or we missed the mark a little bit or let's yeah. add in because then you add in experience, right? And you layer all that together and that's, that's what we ended up coming up with. But it, it was so helpful to have that kind of cadence early and just hold trust throughout, you know? So there could be a yeah. window of time where, you know, Dan's off in his lab writing and I'm off maybe working on a chapter or a chapter and a half. And then we just put it together and it's like, let's circle back and take a look together. And that, yeah, yeah that was phenomenal. It was way better than us trying to sit together and, and trying right. to work through it, like collaborating, like face to face, trying to write, like put words to paper, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was way better that way. I love that cadence that we had. Yeah. And, and we, the, the process itself was, was nice because, um, you know, we had our, you know, our overarching deadline of what we needed to, when we needed to get it done and, and all that. But, um, it was relaxing to, to kind of write whatever we wanted to write. And then I would look at what Jason wrote. He would look at what I wrote. Um, and then, you know, we, we found that, you know, say Jason covered something that we, I was going to cover later on. Um, and then we ended up consolidating a little bit and, and making it a more like, you know, impactful piece where, you know, you're getting to the point instead of, you know, repeating a couple of things here and there. So it was, it was good to have that, like, back and forth where I'm looking at what he's doing. He's looking at what I'm doing. Um, and it worked out that way. Were there any challenges to the fact that it was the two of you and not just a single person? Not on my end. No, I, I mean, I, I, it, it was nice to kind of have that support the team, right? So to know that we can meet the deadline one and also that having multiple viewpoints is also, I think important inside of uh, the paid media space because I don't believe that there's one like wizard of all. I think that we all experience because we all have different clients and different verticals and challenges. And I think that because of that, um, what we learn, like there's like the obvious, right? So for someone that we're just like, hey, welcome to Google. This is what it is. That's, that's the same thing over and over again. But for the, the next layer, that layer deeper, um, that's where our talents can come into play. And having more than one person kind of contribute to that uh, is, is huge um, because to hear like what Dan's experience is with a client and what my experience is with a client and go, we, we, we always have aha moments where we're like, oh, that's, that's a great idea. Like that's a, you know, so it was a challenge and you pivoted and it, the success was there, or we can also talk about failure so then we can help support each other in that way. And that's just how we worked the writing piece, right? Treating it just as if our pillar content was a client <laughs> and we were working together, you know, trying to be successful. For well, I was your client. Yeah. Well, that's very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. You were a, you were a great client, Liz. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate if only, that. If only they were all like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny to hear you guys euphemistically talk about this beautiful bromance that you guys have yeah. and what, how that really contributed to the success of this project. It I, totally did. I'm still waiting to get that, you know, you are cordially invited. Jason Lindy, Daniel T. Baum, our registered at Crate and Barrel. P.S. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell Kristen. <laughs> I tell you, I, I bet in all, like, in all honesty, it's for pay media, especially nowadays with the omni-channel experience, right? Everybody's diving in, in, in all levels. Like you have to have team effort. There has to be yep. 
coordinated team effort and trust. And, you know, when you don't have that and you have a a person just trying to be it all, that's tough. Okay. Wait. All right. Pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. I understand that this is now more diving into the world of what you do versus the topic, Mm -hmm. but we're going to come back to that. All right. Um, right. So I'm the content nerd who lives in my cave. I Uh only come out with promises of beer or new fresh pens. Like it's very hard to get me to come out of my cave. So when I come out and I hear things like omni-channel experience, my brain shuts down. Mm, Like I don't understand what that means. That that sounds like when people talk about synergistic management solutions, like, uh uh-huh. So use English words and tell me what that means. Because I hear people say that about paid media a lot and I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, to that point, you're right. Um, I think the reason why such terms get thrown around is because because uh, marketers got involved. It, and yes, we destroy everything. Yes, uh, I need to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. So I mean, omni-channel, just multi-channel. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Google. In other words, uh, taking, taking that little bit of money and spreading it all around with a same goal. And more importantly, connecting them all so that they, you know, they're talking to each other. We know where things are coming from. All that jazz. Okay. Huh. I guess I never really thought about it that way. I usually just think about it as like it's Facebook or it's Instagram or it's Google or it's YouTube or it's LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I might be putting money in different places, but I'm, oh. So I do things wrong. Got it. Okay. <laughs> no, but, you know, for a future future show, we should talk about like getting deeper under that hood because that is that is a huge topic that you know it's nice to visualize that for people to help walk them through that journey which we do every day yeah like (laughs) the last thing you just bought like think about the journey that got you there how many touch points did you have how many channels did you go into to get that is actually true so the last thing i bought aside from my american beauty crosley record (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I definitely spent money on Old Navy because I got stalked. I got stalked on the internet. Oh no! Yeah, I succumbed to the omni-channel experience. <laughs> no, so okay. There was this. There was this shirt I really, really wanted, and I kept putting it in my shopping cart and then leaving it. And then that sweater followed me on Facebook, followed mm-hmm. me on Google. And I felt like I was being straight up stalked. And then finally I gave old Navy my money. <laughs> that sweater was your best friend for a while. <laughs> Damn it. All right. You know what? We're no, I, we will have another show about that. I'm not ready yes. to succumb to the Omni channel overlords just yet, but that's fascinating. Okay. <laughs> Apparently I already have. Fascinating. It's amazing what you can do. You guys are terrifying. I hope you guys know that. (laughs) All right, back to topics that make me comfortable. So individually, not talking about the collaborative aspect of it, but as individual contributors, what did you find to be the most challenging part of this project for you? I think trying to make it, take what's in my head, what I've experienced, what I know, and trying to put it to words that was coherent, (laughs) that, that concise, um, not long-winded, you know, uh, and, and could help benefit someone reading the piece uh, fast. Without I also like that sentence was, that words was coherent. Yeah. I'm a fan <laughs> of that. 
<laughs> uh, for me, um, my biggest challenge was not sounding like a Wikipedia page, really. Um, just kind of like trying to put my personality into it and, and make it digestible and, and readable. Um, instead of, you know, just word vomiting and getting a bunch of information on the page, making it like actually sound good and um, make it connect with people that are actually reading it. Yeah, I remember you and I had a bunch of conversations about that when you were first starting. I'm like, this is great, but it sounds like anybody could have written it. And right. I've, I've always been surprised at how that is so often the biggest challenge for people. They've just yes. been programmed not to sound like themselves. And I know, given your academic background, that was particularly challenging for you. Yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, the that's, that's the way I was taught. Everything had to be formal, formal, formal. Um, there was no fragmented sentences. There was no know italics to emphasize words like all that all that that was not you know allowed um, traditionally for me so i'm um, kind of breaking that mold and getting into a more like you're having a conversation with somebody um that was a challenge for me but i think um i think i got over that mm -hmm. you made jokes you made jokes you I made did. me laugh you both did and that that's something i think a lot of people forget is that you know yeah. these are these are beasts and the minute that it becomes sterilized and it feels like a robot wrote it or anybody else could have written it, you're going to lose people because the goal of one of the things I really like about projects like this is that at the, I always tell people, you know, by the end of this, I want you to feel really proud that your face is on it and that you created this and you built this and, you know, you can now parade this around and, and show people like, this is what you do. Because it, from my perspective, I, I was talking with um, Alex Winter yesterday, who is our creative director guy. He's pretty fantastic. We, we got onto my philosophy about content, and I said, well, my philosophy is actually really unsexy. So my philosophy is I like content that makes money, period, full stop, the end. Like, that's what I like to do. Yeah. So yeah. when I took a look at something like this, like using the Google ads guide pillar, for example, is that I push you guys to be more human. So that way, if somebody encounters that for the first time or it's used in the sales process and then they start working with you, they already know you. Yeah. And for our salespeople, they can say, this is a really great piece of sales enablement content. And these are the people you'll be working with. But we have a prospect right now where their first touch was that pillar and they downloaded it. And they're still working their way through the sales process. And this thing has only been live for less than a month. Yeah. That's and that's, beautiful. that's exciting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I, when I say I like content that makes money, that's why I really push people to do those types of things. You know, it's not just because I get some sort of perverse pleasure in making people feel pain acutely, although there is a little bit of that too. Um, it's because human content sells period. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's just the way it works now. People are spending much more time putting distance between themselves physically, between themselves and a salesperson. They don't want to feel rushed or pressured, but there's been this sort of reaction that I can't quantify. I've never studied it or anything like that, but I just have this gut feeling that they are now demanding more humanity as a result because they're spending less time interacting with people. Yeah. You know, Thinking about like what you're just saying right now, Liz, it's, it's, I, it's so true, right? So if you think about it, so a client, any client out there who, who has money they want to invest. So it's, they're going to, it's, it's like gambling, right? You, you're going to pull some money out of your pocket and you're going to put it into the Google paid space. So you're going to, you're going to bid on some ads with some keywords and you're hoping that you have the right combination. So going back to trust, you have to trust the people who are running 
running that boat for you. And so by putting our actual personalities into content, so it's not just step one, you know, do this step two, but like, this is why we do it. And this is our philosophy. This is our personality. You gain trust earlier by reading that. And people who are reading it are probably starting to think, like, I really align with this. Like, yeah, like I feel like these guys, like these guys can really work for me. They're going to work for my money. And then that trust factor happens and then they learn a little bit along the way. And then they, they want to make that phone call because they need help, right? They now, you know, they want to put that money into this space. They want to make sure they just don't throw it out the window. Um, and, and you're right. I think that's why when we get clients who've come from other agencies, it's the same conversation. Like we always ask like, well, what was wrong with the last agency? Like what happened? And it was a loss of trust. Um, or they never had it. They never got that. It was very, very, uh, as you say, like um, sterile. Uh, there was, you know, black and white. There was no like philosophy behind it. There was no conversation behind it. Uh, and so that's really important because I really hear what you're saying about content. And that's the best way to do it is to put our personalities onto that paper so people can feel or, you know, get that sense of who we are before mm -hmm. they even actually had a conversation with us. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, we, I did a LinkedIn training with you guys yesterday and the, the biggest misnomer about LinkedIn and, and how it made it click in my brain is that people go on LinkedIn not to follow companies, they go on there to follow people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They go in there to make people connections to, yep. yes, at, at the high level, it's building their network and you're never going to get away from the people who are like, it's the professional equivalent of sliding into your DMs, you know, just being yeah, like, yes. Hey, let me show you this really great thing. You know, you're always going to have people like that, but some of the some of the connections I've made on there have been yeah. exceptionally powerful because, again, it's that human element. And I really want to give you guys props on something. So one of the things I really love about these types of projects, especially in my role, is that I get to learn about a lot of things that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned I've learned a ton about HubSpot marketing. I've learned a ton about how to hire great marketers, how to hire for culture fit, how to do website redesign projects. Our first pillar ever was one where Jesse Lee and I worked for hours and hours and hours together about how to actually make the decision to redo your website. Like we, that is our most popular and most profitable pillar. And it has nothing to do with wireframes. It is all about how That's you awesome. make the business decision. <laughs> right to redo your website, what you need to do, everything you need to know before you even call an agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, That was really cool. With you guys, what I thought you did that was particularly powerful is you demystified something that looks deceptively simple, but somehow still takes a lot of your money. Mm. Like mm. Google ads can so quickly just be like, here, I'll take $10,000, please. Cool, what do we get? Nothing. <laughs> you got some checks. It does That's happen. You know, yes. and I, I want to talk a little bit about how you approach that, you know, because you start, you said at the start of this, I think it was Dan who said this, maybe it was Jason. I don't know. Sometimes you blend together into one um, where you really talked about the fact that you were focusing on the who and how that really drove who you were writing to and how you calibrated that content. Mm -hmm. How did you keep yourself from talking to yourselves, which is something I, I see happen quite a bit. Like you get excited about a topic, then you start writing all the wonky stuff that you want to write. But how did you keep it at that level and still feel fulfilled in writing it? Yeah. So, um, for me, it was really easy. I don't know. I don't know how Jason did it, but I, for me, it was really easy because I basically wrote down how Jason kind of trained me up on, on Google ads. And, and I, um, as 
I'm new to it. I'm more new to it than, than he is obviously. But, um, when I started, I needed to learn fast and, and Jason, the way Jason taught me was, was great. And it was to somebody that had a background in marketing that knows kind of like the overall goals and, you know, the numbers we want to hit and all that stuff. Um, but it was somebody that was just new to Google ads and, and how to, you know, really just understand the beast that it is. Uh, and for me, it was easy to just translate that, how I learned it to, um, to, to paper. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, and for me, I just, I put myself like in client shoes, right? So was, like I've had thousands of client conversations, um, good and bad. And, you know, from big successes to big losses and, you know, trying to get them to understand Google from the onset to what we're doing during and what happens post. And so by taking that, those experiences and just continually reminding myself, like if I was, if some, if I was the client and somebody was talking to me or I needed to better understand this space and what would I want to know? Like, how would I want to, how would I want to learn that? Like what would help me, what would resonate more with me? So that's, that's kind of like the, the approach I took with it. Yeah. Cause I remember our first conversation was all about really defining that who, mm -hmm. and this is where I sometimes deviate a little bit with a lot of my inbound content nerd counterparts. I actually, I don't like buyer personas. <laughs> I think they are terrible. I think they are misleading and I think they create a complacency in your content. Because really, it's not that, it's not that the, the theory behind it is unsound. You really, at the end of the day, need to know who you're speaking to. I just think a static buyer persona that is very, very high level and generalized, like these are generally what their pain points are. These are generally what their goals are, doesn't really accomplish it. So usually what I do, and I did this with you guys, and I do this with everyone who ever goes through this process, and quite frankly, for every article I ever coach people on is, I want you to describe in detail who this person is and why they give a crap about this topic. Yeah. And then the secondary layer of that is, okay, what are their emotions behind it? Is it a place of urgency? Is it a place of fear? In your guys' case, you know, it, it, is it something where somebody, I think one of you guys said, Somebody has literally just handed them Google ads and said, make something out of it. Or they have been burned so much in the past that they just don't even know how to get their head around it before. And I think that's where people really miss out on a lot of really great opportunities to create human content. Because it's not enough to just put your personality in there and have a little shtick and some jokes. At some point, you have to demonstrate very clearly and with laser focus, you know exactly what headspace they're in. And you can't do that if somebody says, oh yeah, and this is to CEO Craig. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the truth right there. Um, there's definitely a lot of like column A, B, C, and D in that. I mean, uh, I think the norm, unfortunately, that we see a lot is that where like businesses who maybe haven't come out the gate early and getting involved with like paid advertisements. So there's channels like Google, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, so they're, they're working on organic stuff. They're working on their SEO. They are building those assets, those content pieces. Um, and then they, they notice a dip or, or you know, something's changed in their business. And then they immediately go to Google to figure it out. So they start Googling themselves or their, their space, their product, their services, and they see competition all over the place. So then the, the panic in, like sets in. So now it's, we need, now we need to be there. How do we get there? 
and how do we become number one and how do we, you know, and then there's, so there is a bit of that silver bullet that we see a lot more often than not uh, expectation. Um, and a lot of times that starts internal. That's where companies say, okay, Bob, you now are going to run Google and they just throw it, you know, get an account going and put, here's a thousand dollars. Let's go. And there might be a wildly successful moment. And then a lot of times that, you know, month two, month three, month four, now you spent five, $4,000 and the success is gone. It, it fizzled out. And then, so it, then it's, let's turn to an agency to pick that, pick that up and fix it. So that's where that's, so there's like that, that, like that next layer. And that's the whole point of like this content piece that, that really excited Dan and I, it's, it's not, it's one thing to just say like, here's what Google ads are and here's how you could like best practices. Right. I mean, we just try to make it sound better than Google's like very dry, you know, uh, help document. Um, but then it's what happens once you get it up? Like what's, mm -hmm. what's that next step? Like what conversation should you be having? And that, that's where we like to come in and, and be that bigger support. Well, I think the other thing too, and Dan, I know that you did this particularly well in your sections and yes, Jason, by the way, I know exactly which chapters you wrote versus which ones Dan wrote. Oh, I bet you I'll can. give you that rundown. He gave me that challenge. He's like, when you're editing it, I want to put your content nerdy stuff to the test. You're yes. going to tell me which one. So I'm going to send you that list after, after this episode. <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> please. please. Um, but one of the things I thought Dan did particularly well in his sections, and Jason, you did this well too, but Dan, I think, especially since you did a lot of the lead-in chapters, mm -hmm. you did a really great job of very quickly saying Google is hard and they don't make it easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that people really miss in these types of pieces where it's not just like you said, to your point, Jason, you know, of telling people what the best practices are and this is how you do it. Well, it's kind of pulling back the curtain and saying, it reminds me of uh, they ask you answer. There's a section in the book where you can either talk about the elephant in the room or, or you don't. And Marcus always likes to be the person who says, this is my elephant. Do you have a problem with it? And you guys are just like, we're going to start with the elephant. And that Google likes to take your money. <laughs> and it, it is like gambling in the best ways and also the absolute worst possible ways. And those are the opportunities I think a lot of people miss in their content. You know, it's not just about giving people solutions. It's, a, it's about really digging in and articulating what the problem is. Yes. Being Mugatu in Zoolander saying, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. La Tigra and Blue Steel are the same look. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, um, something that I try to I explain this to clients a lot um, because they get angry. So I, we come in and we, we, we audit and we help them see some lost, missed opportunities, wasted budget spend. And it's like their, their minds are blown. And then they're like, oh my God, like why? Why did this happen? And it's like shaking the fist at the sky to Google. Like why? But I will say this. Google is a machine that's put a platform together to help a win-win, right? They want to make money. So it's revenue for them. Um, they want to help us uh, or anyone who's got a product or service, you excel and make money. So it's, it's, it is a win-win. So to, the, to that, they have to be as open and kind of vanilla as possible. In other words, like here's a big breath of opportunity. Put your name, your credit card to it, and let's go. And it's up to us or the client to then go in and tick boxes of what makes sense for you. 
what demographic, what location, what device. You have to know your a bit of that data persona. Like I will we'll call it that, right? Like who like how are you typically successful in your space right now? And you have to throw those levers. And a lot of people just go. They just go, here's money, Google. Make me, some, make me some money back and here's some good ads. And they put a lot of energy into the ad copy, which is great, except they forgot to tell Google what it is that makes, would make them successful. Google doesn't know that. They try. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll scan your site and they'll try to understand words that you have. So again, back to content, that's big because it'll try to understand and the algorithm's so big and, and uh, more mature now than when it, ever, when it first came out that it can make pretty good decisions on who to get in front of. But if we don't, if the client doesn't tell and help that machine out, then it's always going to be a fail. It's just always. Mm -hmm. Dan, I see you nodding along with that. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, the tool itself is amazing, but it's also interesting how many people think that it's a one and done type type thing. Like um, the, the, the correlation between like writing ads and writing content is that it's that the industry is always changing. The space is always changing. Um, a lot of people will write their, their first round of ads or their whole campaign and get it set to go. Um, and then they launch it and then they let it go until the money's gone. Um, whereas with Google, it's, it's a, it's a machine. You got to help it out. You got to teach it. Um, so, when you're in there and you're adjusting your content, you're adjusting the the wording of your messaging um, <clears throat> to to better resonate with your audience. Um, the machine learns from that and 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 knows who you you want to go after and and is more efficient in that way. I think that's the exact same. Like you have to do the same thing with with the content you're writing too, because it's it's your your space is changing, your industry is changing, and you know you have to be able to pivot with it um or you'll be you know you'll be left behind and you'll end up gambling your time instead of your google ads money but still it's the same it's the same conclusion yeah it's funny so we actually just launched your new paid media services plays a page on impact and i remember when i was doing the copywriting i felt really glad that i had gone through this pillar process with you because i felt like i had a good understanding and i sat there and i said okay what is the headline for this page and I just kind of, I, writing is pain. You guys know this now. It's a lot of, there's a lot of just sitting there and feeling inadequate. And I did that for a little while. And then it kind of dawned on me exactly what it was. In paid media, what, what gets results and what doesn't seems to change on a weekly basis. Whew, it does. It. That, that is it. the truth right there. <laughs> yep. Which means we'll have to come back and re- I remember actually, Dan, you said it right after you're finished. You're like, is it bad that I already have a bunch of things I want to add to it? And I'm like, no, because I will be coming back. Yeah, like, I we, will be I mean, coming we back. We have to. We <laughs> have to keep it up to date. <laughs> so going back to the original topic that we were talking about today, it, I find it interesting that, well, actually, let me put it a different way. Do you think it's really important to have a really kind of candid, thoughtful discussion with yourself about who it is that you decide to collaborate with? Because it seems like so much of the success of this project for you guys really came down to this kind of natural working chemistry that you guys have and the fact that you collaborate a lot together. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, <clears throat> again, okay, wow, I keep going back to trust. So it's like trust and passion, like knowing that if, 
like there are people who unfortunately are in uh, the industry um, and they're not as passionate or maybe they've been in it long, too long and the passion is fizzled. And so I love passion because when, when the passion's there, the trust is there, the communication, the, the conversation grows, that's when clients, we can help become more successful because like we're, we are forward thinking, we are looking like, how do we pivot? How do we grow? And, and especially when it came down to like putting this content together, it's again, going back to how can we make the client successful in this? Like, who are we talking to again? Why, like, why would we care? You know, if we had, if let's say we strip out that content and that was now a one-on-one with a client and we were having a conversation, they were asking us questions. What would we want them to know? What would be those, those three main things? And and then, you know, to kind of attack it like that. Mm -hmm. But that that was kind of like part of that, the collaboration process is I think that decision of like, who would I want to collaborate with? It's about passion, like-mindedness and like just being trusting, um, you know, that we could be open and honest and, and talk about like philosophy and feelings around it because there's a lot that happens post like just step one, step two, step three, set up. Like it, then it becomes opinion. It becomes strategy and tactics. It becomes uh-huh. a philosophy. So Dan, if I were to come to you and say, you know, you guys sound great, but I don't have my America's next top best friend at work who I already collaborate really well with who I know I have a shared passion with. In fact, I've just been kind of paired with somebody who I think I'll work well with, but I don't know what questions or things I should be talking about in that first conversation together. What, what advice would you give me? Uh, in terms of Google ads or just working? <laughs> in terms of writing a pillar. I know you get very excited <laughs> to talk about Google ads. <laughs> right now, but right now, I want you to talk about my stuff. Yes, understood. <laughs> um, no, the, the the first thing is is to kind of discover what the strengths and weaknesses are of the other person. Um, like really, like what just what topics are specific topics are you um, do you want to write about? Like what what are you most comfortable with? Um, and then versus what I'm most comfortable with. Said so, and then figuring out where those those gaps are. Um, who's going to tackle what? And then um, basically just having the conversation of, okay, now who, now that we, you know, know what we want to write about, who are we writing it for? Um, who are we actually, um, who, who do we want to, to read this and be like, wow, that, that was amazing. That's exactly what I needed. Um, once you have who's good at what and who you're writing it for, um, it just becomes, you know, it becomes easy at that point just to say, okay, here we go. Let's do it. And then, um, yeah, just check in and, and read each other's stuff and make sure we're covering everything. Yeah, I'm, it's kind of funny. It reminds me a lot of, so there's a local volunteer organization that I'm a part of. And each year we are, if you're in leadership, so I'm in, I'm a committee chair. And each year, a lot of times you'll end up either with a new chair or you end up chairing a new committee. And one of the first questions I've learned to ask, which is actually something similar that I, I recommend to people in these types of situations as well, is just, just very candidly look across the person at the other table and say, okay, what are you good at and what do you hate doing? Hmm. You know, because, for, because wow. when you're working on really big content projects, hmm. um, you're going to have to have someone who's really good at kind of 
running point on the project management piece of it. So like, Jason, I came to you for details and, and, and context and substance. And most of the time I was going to Dan when I was asking about logistics and deadlines. And so you're always going to generally have that one person that your team has to report to. So it's very good to early on decide, like, I'm not the per, like, I just need like, be honest and say like, I'm the person who needs to be told what to do. Like, just give me my marching orders and I'll make it happen. And I actually had last year for, it was an education and training committee. This girl ended up being one of, is now one of my closest friends. It was because we started the conversation with, she's like, I am terrible at administration. I am terrible at email. She's like, it's not because I don't want to. I'm just not good at it. And so she ended up being the person who was really good. She was great at like bringing the team together, getting a lot of the activities, you know, that needed to be done. And I was the person who was like running point with management team and doing other stuff like that. And it's the same thing with these types of projects. I think so many people are just afraid to say what they are good at and what they aren't good at, but also more importantly, what is the stuff they hate doing? Mm-hmm. Is the thing I told her is I'm like, you know, I, I'm good at planning and forecasting and doing a lot of stuff, but like, man, don't ask me to do an icebreaker. I'm just going to throw myself out a window. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to. I'll participate. I'll have fun. I'll tell you what, like, if I were an animal, I would be something. <laughs> like, I'll participate. But like, I can't, I don't have that level of creative brain that she has. But because we were able to, at the top, not only say what we are good and not good at, but also what we hate doing and what we really enjoy doing, it made working together so much easier. Because I'm also able to tell people, like I'm collaborating with Kathleen Booth, who's our VP of marketing right now on a, on a big piece. And the first time we collaborated on something was last year. But one of the first things I told her is like, look, you need to watch out for this. I have a tendency to repeat phrasing and words. And like, when you're looking through my stuff, this is what you need to look out for. And then she did the same for me too. Oh my gosh. All right, guys, this has been great. Yes. Yes. This has been super fun. Um, What a journey. I know. Right. I'm still, I'm still going to be bringing good stuff out of you though. Cause on June 4th and impact elite, you guys are going to be doing an ask me a live, ask me anything in our yes. Facebook group. Super yes. pumped about that. Yeah. So if you guys aren't members of Impact Elite, well, you've been missing out on quite the party. Uh, just go to impactbnd.com forward slash elite and join there. So you could hang out with like, we're close to like 5,000 super insanely so. talented yeah. and smart marketing and business leaders in there. And you guys will be there on June 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern answering all questions about Google ads. Mm. Looking forward oh, to yeah. it. If somebody can't wait, if they're just like, oh my God, Jason and Dan, let's become best friends. Mm-hmm. How do they actually get in touch with you? I, I think the best bet is to just, you know, go, go out to our site, um, reach out via chat. Uh, there's a nice form fill. There's quick, quick routes to us. Um, you are in so bad at this, Jason. Ryan. No, I'm cutting you off. You are yeah, so bad at this. Do it, do How it. How do people get in contact with you specifically? Oh, they LinkedIn. Just, uh, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys cut, cut me off. I need more coffee. You guys need some sort of like PR specialist helping you guys out. All right. So I'm going to help everybody out. If All you right. want to help find me. them, you can find Jason Lindy, L-I-N-D-E on LinkedIn. You can also email him, jlindy at impactbnd.com. Dan, do you use the internet yet? I don't know what your status is with internet. 
Do I use the internet? Yes, I use I know, I know some work. But like, I know your feelings about social media. The only I love time this ending. You, the only time you ever commented on something of mine on Instagram was to tell me to tag somebody that I had already tagged. So. No, Instagram's great. Uh, and LinkedIn's great too. <laughs> How can people actually talk to you, Dan? So my Instagram is at Danny Gringo. Oh my God. With a zero at the end? With a zero at the end. Don't worry. It'll only take him a year to follow you back. I'm still no, waiting. No, that's not true. On LinkedIn, Dan T. Baum, B-A-U-M. Awesome. If you guys want to learn more about all of the awesome <laughs> This has gone horribly wrong. If you want to learn about all of the awesome services that these guys were talking about, you can find it at impactbnd.com forward slash paid hyphen media. And I will definitely be including a link to your awesome pillar in the show notes. Guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you so Thank much for joining you. me. And that's it. Awesome. Stop listening. Podcast is over. Thank you.